Live from parts unknown, you're listening to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. The only wrestling podcast on the planet, we think. Sit back, relax, prepare for positivity to run through your veins as Simon Miller gives you your weekly dose of powerful pro wrestling audio. It is Miller Time. Hello and welcome to Simon Miller's Pro Wrestling Podcast. My name is Simon Miller and this is a pro wrestling podcast. Thank you to everyone that joins me each and every week. Uh, we did a couple of shows live on YouTube actually this week. You can check out over on my YouTube channel. Just search for Simon Miller. That's the best way to do it. You'll see my stupid face and you can subscribe. Uh, mostly because we, I want to start trying to do, so if you don't know, the, the main show as I call it in the week we always do live on YouTube and I'm trying to find a good time uh, that works for everybody. So keep an eye out for some evening shows in terms of my time over here so bst around about 8 p.m bst and you can join in them but of course the other thing that we always do is you know all of my personal projects are supported by patreon.com forward slash simon miller 316 you can head there now and check out some tiers and some rewards you can get back but i like to get people on the podcast because i find it quite fascinating and you know if you've been following the podcast for a while you know how interesting these chats get and it's always good when we get someone brand new one and that's what we've got today it's my man tim all the way from the united states of america how you doing tim what's going on simon i'm good how are you i'm very well thank you dude i'm very very well like i said we had a quick chat before we began it's a pleasure to have you on and let's not we are going to talk about your origins and your you know how you fell into this crazy thing called pro wrestling but just to keep it as topical as possible you were at raw on monday which I, I think was. is especially cool because you got to experience Bray Wyatt. And I mean, just, I, I, I just, the, the, see, the coolest thing about wrestling is that we can do these nuts things like this. And even though it makes no sense for anyone that doesn't watch it, we all get it and we all accept, such as the fact that, um, you know, Undertaker can shoot lightning bolts from his, <laughs> from his <laughs> fingers. But of course, I think sometimes those segments are aimed, uh, from a production point of view anyway, are aimed at a television audience. I don't actually think I've ever been lucky enough to go to a show that ties in uh, live, especially. Uh, I mean, basically, how was it? You know, did, did it have the same feel? Did you watch it back on TV later on? I think, oh, no, it was better on that. Like, yeah, just, just walk me through it and let me know what you thought of the show as a whole. Uh, well, the Bray thing was awesome. I mean, I'm a, I'm, I'm a big Finn guy, so it kind of it hurt me a bit to have to watch Finn take the beating on that one. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it was, it, was, it was awesome. I mean, I... I kind of knew it was coming because you kind of saw the setup but uh like it was just it was everything i was gonna hope it was gonna be i mean the lights going out was perfect and it, it did get dark and um it was it was awesome i mean just to see him out there finally and i was i was it was i was i was so happy the mask was there that he wasn't just bray you know dressed up kind of partially or he takes the mask off <laughs> it was it was it was everything I'd hoped it'd be. I mean, I, it was it was amazing. I loved it. Um, I think it's it's lived up to the hype of the Firefly Funhouse. I mean, he, he built it up so well, and all the all the splits between him being you know good and evil kind of in that it worked out, and it was just it was amazing. It really was, and the crowd loved it. It was it was phenomenal. What do we do with him now? There's a question. I I know it's hard, but because the cool thing I think, like you say, there, there was a lot of question marks around it. The mask being the biggest one. What do we do with the mask? Does he wear the mask? Does he not wear the mask? Is he going to be two different characters when he cuts promos? Does he wear the mask on and so forth? How do we transition him into having a wrestling match? So let's just say for the 
for the sake of argument, he is going to have a program with Finn Balor. He's probably going to beat him at SummerSlam. I mean, do you have him on Raw? Do you deliberately not have him on Raw? Because you think that's going to stoke, you know, it's going to keep him more interesting, right? Like, I think, given the way we've done this, we do have an opportunity. And I know it's a bit of a cliche thing to say. You'll have to forgive me. But we have hit the reset button. And we do have an opportunity to make him the new version of The Undertaker. And what I mean by that is we, we can have a gimmick that doesn't bleed through to the real world. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's only really been the last two years that we've learned more about Mark Calloway's. He's done an interview here and there and joined Instagram. You know, we could kind of do that with Bray Wyatt. And he does seem to be, uh, you know, like a guy that uh, would be up for it. But how do you balance that then, not only with a modern day pro wrestling world, but also, like I say, with matches and cutting promos and being on a show every single week? I mean, what do you want to see him do? Well, I, I think you can almost approach it more how they brought in Kane with The Undertaker. Um, you know, it, Kane was this whole, didn't really speak. So you don't have to, I mean, you can always have Bray be Bray where he was the Firefly Funhouse part of it. I guess if they wanted to that split aspect of it and have him just come down to the ring as like the fiend and just destroy people. Um, but I mean, they did Kane really well with the Undertaker aspect of it. Cause I don't know if I'd really want to put Bray at this point. I, I, I know we're rebooting, but you know, he's, he's not the Undertaker yet. So I would, I would I'd put him more towards the Kane aspect of it. And you can have him, you know, if he just pops up, if it's all, if it's going to be in line with just Finn and he's going to be, you know, feuding with Finn and Finn's going to take his break. Um, I would really hope more or less that they don't, I don't want them to bring out the demon for SummerSlam and then have them just like beat the demon more or less. I, I almost rather let Finn take his break and then kind of build Bray up a little bit. Uh, more by whoever he's taking out. And then when Finn comes back, they could set up for maybe like um, I don't know, Royal Rumble or something like that and then have the demon go against Bray. And, and then he can, if he loses at the demon, he loses at the demon. I just don't want it to be where it's, it's going to be Finn gets just beat up every week and then loses at SummerSlam, takes his vacation, and we lose everything. So I don't know. If, if, if they're going to do Finn, however they do it, if they're going to have him just pop up, he could just pop up. It doesn't have to be every week. Listen, Brock doesn't have to show up every week, and he's a champ. So, you know, and I love Brock. I'm the only like one of the only people that's cheering for Brock while he's out there, you know. But um, you and me both, brother. You and me both. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I love it. I I think it's the greatest thing. He doesn't have to have the money in the bank to do his boombox anymore. Now he just does it with a title. You know, it's 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 awesome. So I, he doesn't have to be on. I don't want it to get stale. Um, so I think him pop, and I and I honestly think. If it's just going to, he's going to go dark every now and again and pop up and take somebody out. That's great. It just can't be every week. Um, it can't be predictable. You know, like it, it I kind of had that feeling, obviously kind of, like I said, I saw the setup, but I kind of had that feeling once Finn was in the ring by himself, what was coming and lights going. And so it can't be that predictable all the time, which WWE tends to do. Like once they get on something that worked once, they're just going to stick to it. And, you know, then you get bored of it a little bit and they're like, no, no, you guys liked it the first time. So it's going to keep going. Um, so I don't know. I, I don't think he necessarily has to do cut promos. I think he could just if he does a pop up in the ring, but it's just got to be you got to pick your spots. You know, it, it can't just be every week he pops up and takes somebody out because it's not like a run in. This is a, like a like a setup thing. and It's got to go dark and do this and do that. And so I, I think they have to they have to spread him out at least in the beginning and then how they go about him when he's more you know established again as like a true star and then being in i don't know how they do him for the rest of the time because it, it is it's do they have him do promos as 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 bray 
you know, that's, that's the thing. And I'm looking forward to actually finding out and I'm looking forward to see if he's on one brand or both. Cause you know how that works. Wild card rule and all. Oh yeah. The, 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 uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, this very special wildcard rule that we can never break <laughs> is really important. It's so dumb. It's so dumb like Cesaro on SmackDown going, I know I'm a Raw guy. Shut up, Cesaro. You're just a WWE guy. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> uh, no, I agree with you, man. I think the really interesting thing is absolutely like, you know, because we, we don't know a lot about the characters still. How much is the Firefly Funhouse version of Bray a part of the of the 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 performance i guess you know is we don't know we have absolutely no idea you know, is it more of a fiend type of a thing and the only way we're going to find out obviously is when we is when we get ticking but i am intrigued and i like i guess i did like it i think the fact you got to see it uh, alive was um was awesome that's definitely something you you can look back on i agree with you yeah, with, it was it was amazing i agree with you with the demon as well we don't need to rush this stuff finn can just lose we don't have to job the demon out just because it's something to do you know, we can we can come to that as and when as and when it makes sense. How did you find the show as a whole? Because I actually quite enjoyed Raw. Like I say, it wasn't perfect, and there was certainly some some odd thing. Actually, what <laughs> what we should talk about, given that you were part of the crowd, is that women's match. I just thought about that now as we were talking because obviously the crowd certainly well they didn't like it. Oh yeah, they turned. <laughs> they didn't like it at all. Well, I think I think a lot of that had to do with like to me like reading it as a as a as I was going in. And seeing the kind of you know the, the matches they were announcing like the, the battle royal and then the the four way, it was more like you're just putting in like these people again. Like Carmella's already had a run with a title, you know. Natty's been around forever, but she's not the most relevant at, at this point. I guess you bring in you know Naomi, okay, and like, she's like the only one that I can think. Oh, okay, and Alexa Bliss literally just wrestled at a pay per view for the SmackDown title, so it's like why I was more disappointed in the fact that they weren't in bringing in anybody fresh. Um, I was really kind of like, you know, part of me was like, oh, well, maybe this, this did Sasha come back and she's going to somehow be a part of this because you, you just want something fresh. And, and so that was disappointing. I think maybe some of the crowd was like, oh, nobody really wants to see any of these people fight Becky. But OK. Um, and then the match just it just seemed very confusing. Um, I, 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 I sitting there didn't. I didn't hate it. I didn't think it was awful. I was actually very shocked, and um, I kept on looking to to Becky because I was sitting actually uh, to her right, and I was looking to Becky to see how her reactions to the crowd were. And um, she didn't actually seem angry at the awful chance, um, but that's I don't know if she was just kind of staying a character, but she wasn't. She was turning to her right to make face like to do expressions where she was away from the camera, and she didn't like like disagree, I guess. But I, I, it wasn't awful. It, it just was long. Like I get given them time and that's amazing. And they had the longest match of the entire night, but you knew it was the longest match of the entire night. And there just wasn't really any spots. Like, you know, you're going to put a match. You don't want some pretty decent spots. You want some, you know, it was just, Hey, we're going to throw you out of the ring. We're going to run around. I'm going to throw you out. You're going to run around. You're going to do a split. And this is that. And then it just seemed like it got, it was just chaotic. And there didn't seem to be, as organized as you would have hoped it would have been, especially for what it was setting up. Um, but I didn't hate it. It was just long. I, I think it was just the fact that it was so long and you didn't put in, you know, nobody's going to, obviously this isn't like you're putting in Ember Moon and, and Asuka and, and Kyrie Zane to do this where you're going to get big, big spots. You, you just, you're just having wrestlers in there. You eliminated Carmella like right off the bat. So that's part of the thing. You know, all right, one's gone. And then now it's just three and Alexa is running around and, and hiding out with Nikki. And I was hoping Nikki would play, actually play a little bit more of a part in it. But 
aside from being beat up by Natty for no reason at one point, um, <laughs> I, you know, at least from what I could see. But I, it just seemed a little disorganized, maybe rushed. I, I don't know, but it wasn't awful. It was that was a. I felt bad when that chant came out. I, at first, I was like, "Are they saying this is awesome?" Because it's far from awesome. And then I was like, "Oh no, they're saying awful." Um, and it wasn't. It wasn't awful. Um, and I don't disagree with Alexis' tweet. Um, but at the same time, listen, you're you're an athlete. You know, you're you're this. You're a professional at this. You got to take some criticism too. You you can't just be upset about it. You just all right. We didn't do our best. You know, get them next time. But yeah, it, yeah, it, no, it wasn't great. No, I, I agree with it. I think if, if you put yourself, and I'm talking from experience here, if you put yourself in the public eye, you got to be happy when someone says great job, and you just got to, you know, swallow it when somebody says you're a piece of crap. You just do. That's the, that's the world we live in. You know, it's it, it's. I understand where she's coming from. Like you say, I understand the hypocrisy to a certain point of view. But we live in a very reactionary culture, and nobody right then was thinking. Thank goodness they've given the women more time. They're just thinking, I hate this. Yeah, and it wasn't even <laughs> so. I'm, I'm going to make a noise. Because people are like, oh, it's because, you know, oh, it's because it was the women in there. And it, that's why everybody's, no, if this was a, a four-way with the guys, I mean, you get, guys get this is awful chant all the time. You know, if, it, if, it, if any match had gone on that long with no excitement to it, they all would have gotten the same thing. It was just, I was happy they got time. You know, it was great. I, I think people, I think when you put Becky down at ringside and you, you have them in there, I, I, I think people just kind of, you've just been trained now to expect, is Becky going to run in? Is something going to happen? And it was just like a lot of running around and not much payoff in the end, you know? So. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Yeah, I think that's fair. No, I think that's fair. But look, hey-ho, we're past it now. We'll continue to, to look forward. Could you, because I mean, it's come out the last couple of days that apparently the big thing, the big influence of Paul Heyman on the show is less scripted promos in the back you know, more, make them feel more, more realistic and obviously pay off not only storylines, but pay off the idea that if somebody loses, it's not just a win next week. There are actual consequences. Now at the moment, we don't know if that's going to happen. The best example is Braun Strowman (laughs) because Braun Strowman had a ruptured spleen and was back in two weeks. (laughs) And there is, and there is this long touted uh, rumor, I guess is the best word to put it. The Vince McMahon believes if you are a top star, quote unquote, that you should never look weak. Hence why if you are involved in a big angle, when you come out on Raw or SmackDown uh, the, following, uh, the following day, the following week, the following whatever, you don't want to show too much pain, which I find crazy because the best characters and the best shows have, they're vulnerable, right? That's the whole point, but that's Absolutely. neither here nor there. But could you, because at the moment, I think there are small you know, for example, I can't remember the two people that cut promos now, but there were two people. I think it was Samoa Joe and uh, Finn Balor, I believe, who did just cut promos in the back, talking to camera, and they sounded a little bit less. I mean, still sounded ridiculous, but they sounded a little bit less ridiculous. And when I heard that, I was like, okay, maybe that is um, a shift in the right direction. But in terms of a three-hour block sitting down there and watching it, as a guy that's obviously you know quite invested in WWE, can you see the changes? Can you smell the changes? Or do you just think the moment was just way too early to tell? I, I don't know because like I was excited the first week we all thought that that Paul was officially taking over, which I guess was last Raw or whatever we thought it was. And it was it, it was a, it was good, but at the same time, was it like that we just assume it was good because we thought Paul Heyman had control? Because if we watch it back, oh my god, it's kind of it's a little different, but it's not this week's Raw. I don't know, because I didn't get to see the the Samoa Joe and Finn promos. Um, they didn't put them up. Uh, I don't know if I guess that was 
like I, I don't know if they were doing it coming out of commercial for us and we were dealing with something else because I don't remember seeing the promos or if I that and and National Coliseum by the way is terrible sound um, so half the time you can't hear what they're actually saying when they're in the ring um, and I was actually better I was sitting at um, ringside so it was actually being underneath was a little bit better but usually it's 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 pretty bad trying to hear when they're on mic. Um, I, didn't, I don't know. It didn't feel much different. It felt very Vince. This felt like a Vince show. Um, there were certain different things, but it definitely felt like, yeah, I mean, I guess you can't just expect Vince to just go, no, here, take it. I'm going to let go. And you're just going to make this ECW again. And, you know, here we go. Good for you. So I guess Vince doesn't want to completely let go. And I'm sure obviously Paul has to run things past Vince before anything happens. So uh, I, I didn't think it felt, amazingly different um there's definitely different aspects to it but and the show from a live perspective felt very unorganized i don't know why i just it just seemed like the all right paul and 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 uh brock come down they cut the promo in the beginning of the show which is great because paul's amazing then ricochet comes out okay don't understand what's happening and then the revival come out and bobby rude and then the Usos, which I never, I, I couldn't figure out why would you bring out Ricochet before you brought out, like, you and bring out yeah, Ricochet. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. That was really strange. I, remember I didn't that understand now. that at all. That just felt sloppy. There was some, there was some weird things just seeing it, like, you know, and having been the shows going, this just, it felt slightly off. And I don't know if there was things going on, but it just, I, I can't even really put my finger on it. But it just seemed, there was, it seemed a little unorganized. But it was amazing, though. Nonetheless, always being there is is great it, it was a good time and it just felt off and, it, and watching it back i kind of rushed through it on like hulu um it still seemed like 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 you said uh you talking about like drew mcintyre's you know backstage thing like you know people don't say that you know and it's true it, it's <laughs> it's it's definitely it was there's certain things where it's just like just let people talk like you know like i think roman when he's kind of off script and talks I, I wasn't the biggest roman guy you know i don't hate him but i was like oh this is just gonna push this guy forever and then when some days when he would get off script a little bit or would just talk and i'm like no this is great be this guy all the time you know i don't want to hear about your yard just talk you know and, and i feel like that's the thing is everybody's got to have a catchphrase everybody's got to be like listen it works for some people you can be steve austin and the rock they just knew how to do it and jericho you there's people who are amazing at it and there's people who it seems like it's being forced and I feel like, listen, just just be you. And I know that's not on them to do that, but hopefully Paul allows that some more because some of these guys naturally are amazing. I totally. I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? It's like let I don't mind somebody dying on their ass. I really don't. Like, and that sounds crazy. I really don't mind. It's it's not a bad thing as long as you know the week afterwards you take that into account and go okay well what do we do now you know how do we treat this person basically it's kind of without wanting to get too political here it's kind of how i see the education system like the education system works on a group mentality and i'm always being like well i understand it's finance based but we should try and teach the individual because everyone's got different skills and that's also how i see professional wrestlers like you know samoa joe for example i'd have a lot of confidence to say hey joe here's what i want you to get across this evening i'm not going to give you a script but maybe somebody who's new, maybe a Buddy Murphy. I don't really know if he's a good talker, to be honest. But maybe a Buddy Murphy. I'm like, look, Buddy, you need to prove yourself to me. Here's a script. If I think that you do really well with that, eventually I'll let you run your mouth and then we can go from there. And I think you've summed it up with Roman Reigns. Like, 
Roman Reigns can kind of, he's of, I know he's not a John Cena, Stone Cold, the rock level of star, but he is a level of stardom now where he can go out there and say whatever he wants and people don't even care. It's just Roman Reigns. Do you know what I mean? It's just Roman Reigns. That's who he is now. He's, he's established. He's got a foundation. Same with Seth Rollins. Uh, yeah, Paul Heyman would get into that list. Uh, AJ Styles, all these guys. Like Ricochet. And, and there Samoa is somebody- Joe, I think, is the best. He's amazing. Oh, man. Well, yeah, don't forget that they gave him a storybook to read. And, you know, they, they, he did that storybook and it was still, you know, the, the best, most evil promo I've ever heard in my life. I'm like, how is he making a kid's storybook soundless? But that's what he does. That is part of his makeup as a professional wrestler. And, uh, hey, man, we're talking about Paul Heyman. Let's just, uh, you know, let, let, let's just call a spade a spade. You know, what's the best thing about Paul Heyman? He plays to a wrestler's strengths. He hides their weaknesses. And I think if, even if that's the only thing he is able to get past Vince McMahon, it is going to be a huge plus uh, not only for the company, but for Raw itself. And like I say, man, I miss, and I, 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 this is this sounds way too negative than I mean it to, because they do still exist, like Daniel Bryan did it after Extreme Rules. But I miss constant amazing promos in my, especially my WWE TV. I feel like if you actually look at one of the huge glaring differences between now and 20 years ago, we do have less good good promos. We have better matches, but we have less good promos. So, you know, that's... um. That, that, that's something that, that I would like to see. And I think Paul Heyman is a guy that absolutely, absolutely c- uh, can make that happen. But you are right as well about when you go to any WWE live show. Say what you like about it. And they're always fun. They're always good. There's a lot going on. I know we had a talk beforehand. You said you didn't really get to see SmackDown. But tying it into some news, as we like to keep the, the show topical. What do you think about the fact that apparently Eric... Let me try and find, find the quote if I can. But apparently Eric Bischoff has started. Uh, he started after SmackDown this week, but he's not actually going to have that much influence on creative. Here we go. It's from the Wrestling Observer newsletter. So, you know, if you believe Meltzer, great. If you don't believe him, great. That's up to you to decide. I, 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 in terms of a news perspective, he's somebody I trust. However, he said Bischoff was not at Raw SmackDown this week. He started work on the 17th of July. He ended up having no influence on SmackDown this per- past week. And right now, those in creative were told that he will most likely not be involved with the creative process and that it looks like his job will be interfaced with all the departments in the company as well as Fox. However, he is to be the leader of the SmackDown side of things as currently it doesn't have a leader. I mean, I, I've said this in the show we did the other day. I think sometimes, not just in wrestling, fans of anything will create their own expectations and then get upset when those expectations aren't met. And you actually take a step back and you say, wait a minute, I made that up. And now I'm upset this thing didn't happen. But are you surprised to find out that while Paul Heyman is very hands-on and is sculpting Raw, and this could change every day, it's a wrestling rumor. But are you surprised to hear that potentially maybe Eric Bischoff is there as more of a managerial role as apart from a creative one? Or really... Given you know his uh, relationship with the business over the last twenty years, it actually probably makes more sense. Uh, yeah, I feel like I guess he's more like a showrunner at this point. Um, exactly. I, yeah. Totally. Yeah. So I mean, and and I guess they kind of hyped it up, and so that was a little bit more of clickbait for everybody to be like, "Oh, Bischoff's going to be running SmackDown, <laughs> and Heyman's going to be running Raw. Let's everybody's going to start watching, and let's watch ratings bump up, and then we'll tell you the truth, and we'll watch Shane come back on for another three hours, and we'll be good to go." Um, but uh, I, I think it's, I mean, I guess from that perspective, I, I, I would look at, listen, Paul legitimately ran his own company. Like he, ECW was his, um, you know, Bischoff was obviously a huge part of the ECW. Um, but, you know, you had you know, Vince Russo and all that come over there to kind of create. I mean, if you if they were saying Vince Russo was running SmackDown, which would be a little weird, but, um, you know, like I'd be like more like storyline wise. But, yeah, I think I think Bischoff is more of like a public face to that side actually works you know because people know who he is 
You know, he did know what he was doing. And to be more of the showrunner and the go-between works. I just wish – I mean, SmackDown lately has always been the better produced show as of late. It seems to have the, had better storylines. Uh, the wrestling seemed to be a little more crisp and better. Um, although since the brand, the, the, the wild card thing, that's kind of fallen off a little bit, but, um, I, you know, SmackDown legitimately kind of became the A show, even though they'll never admit it. Um, so I don't know if they necessarily need somebody to, to, to make too many changes. So to use, to use a uh, Bischoff as like your, as like your face of that side of it, it works, you know, and then you can still get information from them, you know? So I, I can't yeah, see he's any been problem there and with that. Done it. Yeah. It so works. I think it works. Well, What's your opinion of the, the product in general at the moment? Again, just to give people information that we talked about before we started recording. Obviously, you know, you, you were well into the Attitude Era. You fell away, came back in 2017. So you've kind of been involved in the last two years. Uh, yeah, when a lot of the compl- pretty big, yeah. Yeah, uh, but that, that is when a lot of the complaining has started. Let's not pretend otherwise. I don't put myself into that bracket. But I, I, I as an observer, I can see that's when... Uh, you know, it has been these last sort of two years, really, when you know, Brock Lesnar doing his whole thing and so on and so forth. But yeah, where where are you in terms of not necessarily how much you watch week to week, but just how you feel about WWE in general? Because I guess sometimes, and I'll always say this, I think sometimes maybe, and I, obviously I can separate the two, but in terms of a, 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 general, um, a, a general viewpoint, I am able to enjoy wrestling, I think, far more than some people because I have a really cool gig where I get to take the mick out of it 24 hours later, which is really fun. It's really fun for me. Like, I'm very blessed to be able to do that. But I also think I can take a step back and, and I, I can. I know I can. I can see the pros and the cons. But I, I also think that then translates into a lot of people being scared, for lack of a better term, of saying they like it because we know what happens when you do that. You get absolutely destroyed. So are you, do you like it? Do you not like it? Do you think we need changes? Are you surprised? Because some people are. Some people are genuinely surprised that WWE's in the state is in because they love it. They love it each and every week and they're happy. I I, I mean, listen, it's literally got its ups and downs. Um, I mean, it it I don't hate it. I mean, I, I, I obviously I watch it and I go. Um, I I think it's it's definitely uh, I, 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 I'm hoping that they really do move out of the PG thing and kind of move it. I'm not saying they have to go M. Um, but I feel like maybe a little bit more, not adult, but kind of geared more teenish to, as opposed to kid things. Cause that's kind of when I fell out is when they did move to PG and it was fine. And I understood it. And I, and I still, I listen, I don't knock Vince for, he knows what he's doing. You know, he knows the chair shots and concussions and he knows that no matter what any other company does, if it's one of his guys that has something severely wrong, it's always going to be there, the standard. So I, I get it. The the, sh- the the performances are great. Live events typically, maybe not TV as much, but when I did the live events I've been to, the matches are usually always great. There's always something where I guess they're a little bit more free. So maybe if they if they pulled the restrictions off of them slightly, I'm assuming they must have TV restrictions because there's a definite difference between live shows and TV. And um, yeah, and if they maybe pulled those off a little bit, but the product isn't terrible. They get a bum rap because they're who they are. And they get a bum rap because it's not 1998 again, and there's nobody coming out <laughs> drinking true. beer. You know, you get you're not going to get the pipe bomb all the time. You're never going to. You don't have as there's only there's only one CM Punk. There's one Rock. There's one Austin. You can't clone everybody to be those people. And right now they don't have that, and they're trying to build it. What got me back into it, honestly, was was watching. Uh, I turned on. You know, I was like, oh, this network, it was a free preview for like WrestleMania weekend or whatever. So I, I bought I bought the network and I was like, wow, I have the whole thing. 
of everything in their entire library. This is amazing. And then I'm like, and I get this pay-per-view. And what actually got me was Bailey. I watched this. Really, man? Yeah, I'm a, oh yeah, I'm a huge, uh, yeah, I'm a big Bailey, Bailey fan. But I watched Bailey, and I said, and I watched how they made her this fan, and I watched the whole NXT thing, and I watched her matches with Sasha, and I was like, that's amazing. I'm like, this is, and I started watching a little bit of NXT. If they if they would let Triple H, and this is what everybody says, produce Raw and SmackDown like he does NXT, they would be fine. And I get that's not going to be a thing, and and I'm very happy with NXT because it's my own, you know, hey, I don't need the main roster guys. I have, I can always go in the same company and watch this wrestling here and I can get my story and my, my soap opera from the other two. But yeah, I, I got in back because of Bailey. Then I started, started watching this thing about Finn. And I was like, wow, this guy. And I'm like, who are these people? And I'm like, they're amazing. The things they can do athletically are leaps and bounds from when I watched like in the nineties and the early two thousands. I'm like, this is, it's not all catchphrases. This is actually wrestling. You know, this is this is like watching, you know, Chris Benoit and Malenko and Jericho and and you know Kurt Angle and, and and these guys who could technically wrestle, but have athleticism to them. And that was what brought me back in. And then you still have your monsters. You still have Braun and Bobby Lashley and Brock and you know you, you and then that now we have Bray. So you have your Undertaker supernatural aspect of it again. You know and. Even when Bray was still doing the Wyatt family thing with the maggots and the thing, you know, you still had that sense of horror, I guess, you know. And so I don't think it's as bad as people make it out to be. I think people just need a reason to be angry. The show's raw isn't hasn't been raw, but there's been SmackDown. And then there's live shows. And if you don't like it, then don't watch. And you, you have the people who do, you know. So I don't think it's as – it's not terrible. I just think they have to let – free the wrestlers up a little bit to be more of themselves. And that's that's really what I think it comes down to. I think they're so overly produced and so overly scripted that it hurts. Like, listen, Braun can't you can't give Braun a script. He just he you've seen him literally forget what he's supposed to say. Let him just talk. You know what? Let him shout, right? Let him yeah. shout. Bobby Lashley, maybe he's not the greatest of the script, but you, you know, you you had Leo Rush and 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 and, and everything was great because that worked out so well. You know, and and you gave him mouthpiece just like Paul Heyman is for for Brock because nobody wants to hear Brock's like high pitched weird voice all the time. You know, like <laughs> I love Brock, but it's not the most intimidating voice of all time. My girlfriend will even tell you that she she laughs at him every time his mouth opens up. You know, like he's not the the you know, but you give him somebody and you let him be free. Paul Heyman is obviously free to say what he wants. He's not coming out there on a script. You have guys who are capable. You let them do that. You let them wrestle the way they can wrestle. You know, and, you know, that's it. I just think free him. That's it, you know. Free the revival. That's my thing. You know? What was it about... Free the revival. <laughs> <laughs> what What was it about Bailey that, that got you? Because that's fascinating. Because I remember at one point, everybody was saying when she was down in NXT, if WWE treat this right, and then they'd pause and go, but they won't, because, you know, that's WWE fans. Yeah. That's a joke. That's a joke. But they said, you know, it, it, there is potential there to maybe... You know, make her the the female version of John Cena in the sex that everybody likes her. She's very kid friendly. She can have good matches. You could argue she's a better wrestler than John Cena, actually. To be fair, but what was it for you that stood out when you're flipping through the channel, or like you say, you take WWE's offer up of a free, uh, whatever it was, you know, to watch WrestleMania. You see Bailey. What is it? What's the first thing? It was her happiness. Actually, it was somebody who just was genuinely happy to be where they were and were good at what they did. 
Um, it was the fact that you would watch like kids' faces in the crowd. Like you don't really. There's not that many people who truly can have like that. That like it's almost like how Hulk Hogan used to be in a set. I'm not putting Bailey up in Hulk Hogan's category, but you know that that look where kids you'd be in awe. And I think it was just the fact that she seems so. She was one of you. She was a fan, and she's you know, and 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 she worked to become as good as. I mean, look, watch the workout she does. You you know she 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 busts her ass to be how she is, and I feel like it's always like it paid off. You watch her, and you you watch her that she appreciates. She knew where she came from, and she appreciates the appreciates the people who appreciate her, and she gives back. And I think that was like, wow, this is pretty awesome. Like it's nice to see that. Plus. She can wrestle. I mean, you know, she she's technically good. She's physically good. She can, you know, she can wrestle. I and mean, you've seen maybe perhaps one of the best women's matches of all time is her and Sasha at NXT. You know, that's that's phenomenal. And then you come from that group of four who are just amazing. I don't know. It was just it was just she didn't seem like your typical character. She wasn't she wasn't, you know, Charlotte. All right, she's a flair. You know, she wasn't Sasha. Who comes out like you know when she's heel and that's a typical heel and even Becky coming out in her steampunk when she would do that it was just more like hey like a character whereas to me Bailey felt like she was a fan who learned how to wrestle and was able to make it and I kind of I think I just was like this is more relatable to me than anything else. You know? What do you think happened then? What do you think happened? Because here we are. I can't remember when the hell she got called up to the main roster. Now I'm going to try and find out as we talk. But she's not. You know she hasn't risen to the. Uh, that's a bit mean. 2016, she debuted, but she hasn't. She hasn't risen. I don't want to say she hasn't risen to the top because that's not fair. She has to a certain extent. But do you know what I mean? She didn't explode like I think a lot of people, including yourself. You know, you know that impact that she had on you. I think there was an idea that that could go far and wide, and yet it didn't. Uh, do you think that's just because WWE didn't know how to push it? Because my thing with Bailey, when everybody asks me, I don't want to influence your what you're going to say, but I kind of got this idea that Triple H pushed her in NXT as a kid, as a kid, as a wrestler for younger fans. Whereas in WWE, they pushed her like she was a kid. Do you know what I mean? Like that. It was that's almost like she exactly was too- it. They, 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 yeah. they took her gimmick basically and made it where hey she's relatable to this and it was in the beginning she still was and then it just became they allow, again this is typical wwe where you allow a gimmick to go stale you know there's only so much listen i i'm a huge fan but there's even times where it's like listen let she can't just hug everybody all the time eventually you have to get angry which she has over the past i guess year maybe like you know nine months that she's that aggressive side has come out so we're all waiting on the bailey heel turn you know like at least that much of it or does she need a heel turn or does she kind of go kevin owens ish where it's just you know like i just want her to get out of that realm and she said no more hugs you know like all right well that's one aspect of it. you're at least trying to break the character you still have your flailing wiggling arm men but you know like it's it, you, you can't just drop the character i get it but i think that's what the wwe does and that's the main problem is they allow for things to get stale or they never, they just don't ever, they, 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 they're into something one week and then they kind of forget about it. And you're like, well, what happened? Does this not exist anymore? All of a sudden, Sasha <laughs> well, and Especially with Sasha other. and Bailey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Each other, yeah. We're going to be tag team champions and we're best friends again. Like you gave everybody what they were waiting on and then you just took it away. And I think that's, that's the problem. And that's what they do. You, you, they give you something and that's what kind of scares me about Bray is that they're just going to let that 
you're going to build them, build them, build them and bring them out. And then people are going to be like, all right, we've, we've seen this, but they're going to just continue to do it without freshening it up a bit. You know, like that's, that's always the fear. And that was my thing with Finn. Finn, who is an amazing athlete, an amazing wrestler, you know, who, who was your first universal champion was obviously a reason you, you chose him to be that until he gets hurt. And you then just kind of, all right, he's high mid card. We're not going to really push him anything. We're going to give him, Hey, you know what? Here you go. Intercontinental championship. I'm not going to really have you wrestle too much. And then I guess, I don't know if he was hurt. I don't know what happened that little gap where he was just gone. Um, and then you're not going to be around. Then we're going to come back and you, I get he wants to go away. So that's why you drop the title off of him. But it's like, I, I feel like they, they misuse. And the person he dropped the title to, Shinsuke, he was on top of the world. He, he greatest entrance of all time. Then they go, we're going to heal him up and we're going to change it and ruin it, which I get it because he's a heel. Why should you get to enjoy his music? That's his, you know, and, and I understood that. But then it's like, you are right, you allowed it to go too long. When are you going to make this switch? And then it's like, well, people just fade off TV who are amazing wrestlers to bring back people who have you've been here. Why do I need to see? I love Randy Orton, but dude, it's been years. It's time to start allowing other people through. You know, it's the same thing, you know, Triple H. I love seeing Triple H wrestle, but I don't need to see him wrestle every WrestleMania for 25 minutes you know it's just let guys in you 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 came up somehow but do the same thing for others and i feel like that's it they they have something that's good they allow the fans to love it and then they take it away and that's what's really gonna change yeah no i think that's why we find ourselves in the position that we are that, that we are now right because we didn't do that. We didn't build new stars. Um, we tried, and the ones we tried, we didn't really like, but WWE wanted to like them, so we had this back and forth with the fans. We all know the story. So, yeah, no, you're 100% true. Kind of t- I want to talk, talk to you about AEW as well, because I know you mentioned that earlier uh, when we were talking. It kind of ties into some other news that that's come out, which is that you know there was a big meeting um, about you know, WWE moving to Fox in October. Obviously, we're going to get this weekly FS1 talk show. They're apparently going to do some big, like, apparently in September, the month before it launches, we're going to do some kind of basically like an hour-long advert introducing the wrestlers. So that's going to be cheesy as hell. (laughs) And they're also going to to put the wrestlers on a bus and drive them around America to say, hello, (laughs) we're going to Fox. Apparently, Lex Luger, you know, it didn't work with Lex Luger. So, you know, let's uh, let's try it again. Um, But... I mean, the most interesting thing coming out of the of that information is that they're also discussing maybe putting um, NXT onto Fox as well. That would go onto FS1, and surprise, surprise, it would be Wednesday nights, which, of course, is the rumored day that uh, Wednesday night Diamond Night, the AEW show, is going live. So, you know, you've got this big, this big hoo-ha. Now, I am an optimist, as anyone that listens knows. I like to look at the world in a glass half full, and I have probably overly done in my own head, put way too much uh, of an excitement. Onto onto October, I just think if everything goes right, we're just going to have the best the the best time ever. Like it's just, it's just going to be awesome, and and each week is going to be great. And also, I like the fact that WWE may put FS1 on Wednesday nights because a it makes no difference in 2019. People will watch whatever they want to watch. We have multiple devices, but I do like the fact they're trying to light the fires. Like I'm all right with that. Sport and business and competition, it doesn't affect me. You know, to me, it's just fun. I'm a fan. I have I have more choice, but. I, it, do you see it the same way? Because I will say this. I like AEW a lot, and I think its upside is is huge. I said that even before they'd done a show. But I'm also happy to say, once again, tying into the expectation argument we talked about earlier, Fight to Fest and Fight for the Fallen were decent shows. They were not amazing shows. I would say in many ways I preferred Extreme Rules to Fight for the Fallen. I know, heathen, burn me at the stake, die, die, die. 
that that isn't me saying that Fight for the Fallen was a bad show. That's me saying that Fight for the Fallen was the equivalent of an Extreme Rules for AEW. And obviously, when we get to all out in three, four weeks, five weeks, whatever it is, we'll go back up to being these blockbuster events with huge deals with Crown and World Champion, and it will feel exciting again. I'm okay with that. Not everything has to be massive. You look at New uh, New Japan right now with their G1 Climax. I have shows every day or there and thereabouts. Some are good, some are bad. That's just life. You can't put that much pressure on anything. But do you think, am, am I... Am I putting too much stock in October? Or when you do hear things like how big Fox are going to push this, they've told their other sports promotions to push WWE as a sport. Not to say that, you know, it's not fake, but to say it's a it's a sports-based product. And that obviously come October, we're going to lead into this big explosion for AEW too. I guess my better, the better question is, what do you as a fan, who, as you said, you've already mentioned to me, has, has also jumped on this AEW bandwagon, what do you want? Where do you want to be at the start of 2020 when this is all bedded in and we've had a few weeks? I'm really hoping, like, I don't I don't want the Monday Night Wars kind of thing again. So I really just hope it's, like, I think putting NXT up against it is that, A, is that WWE's way of saying this is what you're the equivalent of, equivalent of to us. You know, like, where you only have to put Soror or SmackDown against you, we'll give you our developmental guys to compete against you, which I don't think is a smart idea. I know you have the a million ways to view things, but if you're going to base it off their ratings and watching when it's on, I think going up against AEW is going to hurt because everybody's going to kind of want to jump on the AEW bandwagon um, right off the bat. So I think that's going to make NXT possibly, if it doesn't pull ratings, look not so great, even though we know NXT to me is in, in, in WWE is a superior product. Um, it is, I don't know. And driving them around on the bus, that's, that's just strange. Way. People, people are gonna watch. Are people who are already watching. Like, you're, what are you gonna gain by driving them around on the bus? You already have your fan base. You'll gain more because you're gonna advertise it on regular TV, and you'll probably still, you know, force things in. Maybe we'll get another halftime heat. Who knows? But I mean, like, like you, you can, you'll gain things that way. But I think that's silly. Um, as far as AEW goes, I'm excited for them. At the moment, I'm skeptical because right now it's pretty. I, if you don't truly, truly follow AEW and you're not doing, you know, watching being the elite or any of the things, essentially, I mean, AEW right now is just doing dream bookings because they can. You you don't have a storyline to truly follow. You're not on a weekly, you're not on a weekly television show where you have to keep your body. You can't go crazy every single match like they can once a month on their pay per views. Like you know, you're not going to get Darby Allen jumping backwards onto the ring apron. Every week, that's going to just eventually look at McFoley. Look at these guys who did it. Look at the guys from ECW. You you can't do that, especially now. Um, so it's it's easy kind of for them because you're putting on a pay-per-view where, yeah, Kenny Omega is going to wrestle Chris Jericho. And that's just a, all right. New Japan did it. It was a dream, dream booking. So you have dream bookings. Cody against, you know, Dustin, you know, like it, it's those are dream bookings. You have to now maintain a storyline. So that's where I'm a little skeptical on AEW until. Like, they're phenomenal. They have phenomenal talent. but And then the whole thing becomes, you know, like, hey, every oh, they're not happy with their contract in WWE. They're going to go to AEW. How big is AEW's roster going to be? You're going to do a two-hour show. You're eventually going to get pigeonholed the same way you were in your other companies where there's going to be people who are established you're not going to wrestle. You, you can't have a 70-man roster and work on two hours. So I think I – think yeah, I, I think that's where people don't I, like I've been trying to talk to people. About, I'm like, yeah, but they're just doing dream matches right now. Like you're you're putting dream independent in a sense matches together because you can you have nothing to, to judge it 
people don't have to pay attention to what's going on. They just will watch your pay-per-view, say the match was great. You know, this is phenomenal. And then you can move on to booking a dream match again. You know, one, you know, like, I just want to see how they do it from a creative perspective once they're physically having to do it weekly. Um, you know, you got wrestlers running your company, which is not a bad thing. But you're all the your wrestlers running your company are all your top guys at the same time. You know, everybody gets sick and tired of seeing Shane on TV, but he's the owner's kid. You know, like he does have input in the company, is a part of the company. You're going to eventually go to the same thing where is Cody going to constantly be in the spotlight? Is Kenny going to constantly be in the spotlight? Are they going to kind of like they have to, you know, the people are going to get fed up with it? Like, I'm very, I'm very curious to see how they, how they run that because I don't think people have really spoken about that. Like, you're, you're, you're all wrestlers running a company, which is great. You know what you want to see. And you know what you, the fan base wants to see. And you've been around it enough, especially the roads. I mean, geez, they've been around their entire life. Um, how to put it together. But it's just a matter of can you do it consistently? You didn't have to do it then. You had people doing it for you. Now you have to do it. And then when people start getting angry that, you know, hey, why isn't, you know, this guy getting pushed? Why? What, oh, what about this guy? How come these guys don't wrestle? How do they handle it? So I'm very curious. So I honestly think come September, October, it should be great because you get to see something, hopefully try and pick its game back up because now it's on a much bigger stage for itself. And then you get to see something brand new from the ground up, you know, like and, and see how, how they handle things. I'm not a big fan of the NXT, though, against AEW thing. I think you should just, A, you want to if you want to have ratings and put yourself on your own on your own night. Don't why why go up against something where you can potentially lose? I, I you don't want AEW to have the ratings. I guess is that what it comes down to? Because if you gave NXT Tuesday nights, the Raw Monday, you know NXT Tuesday, what is SmackDown going to be Friday, um, or whenever? Um, then you do NXT. Uh, you know AEW has their Wednesday spot. You have three nights where you can pull ratings, as opposed to losing one night and then saying, well, NXT is not what we thought it was. Because that's what they'll do. They'll just blame NXT. Oh, yeah. Oh, and vice versa as well. That's the risk about putting NXT there. What if you can, AEW can start going, hey, man, we outdraw a WWE show? You can do that. Like, you can absolutely do that. And um, what, going back to what you said about the Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega thing, I do think that's a really interesting, uh, a really interesting chat because, like, I don't mind if Cody Rhodes and Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks book themselves on top as long as it all makes sense. Do you know what I mean? My problem with that, this has kind of been misconstrued. It's my fault because I push it too hard. But my problem with Shane McMahon being featured on TV all the time isn't the fact that Shane McMahon is featured on TV all the time. It's just that, every, you know, most of it, I'm like, we don't need to be doing it this much. That's my issue. It doesn't tie in to what would make sense from a storyline perspective. And then, yes, that's when all of a sudden you're biased towards he's Vince McMahon's kid and blah, 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 blah comes in. And I mean this. Somebody always criticizes me when I say this. It's not the same. Like I'm not saying that if we use Stone Cold Steve Austin the same amount we use Shane McMahon, we'd all start hating it. I'm saying if you took what Stone Cold Steve Austin was, there is still a limit. And when you get to that limit and you cross it, even someone as mighty and as amazing as Stone Cold Steve Austin would, you know, law of diminishing returns, right? Everybody has a line. Obviously, Stone Cold is miles away from Shane's, but it's the same thing. So if Kenny Omega... And the Young Bucks and Cody Rhodes can find a way to make themselves the center of attention. But when I tune in each and every week, it's really entertaining. I'm all good with that. But I also kind of believe, and I'm more than happy to be told I'm wrong in a year's time, they have the self-awareness to understand that's a really bad idea. At least that's what I'm hoping. Well, I hope so. You know, like, I, I hope they do. Because yeah. the thing is, they, they, they've never had to run. That my, hope, my fear is that they run a company. And once you realize how things are going, like, 
all right, are you guys going to be, I mean, like, listen, I don't knock them for making them, they're, they're top guys. Like I would take them in WWE in a heartbeat, you know, like, so them being, them placing themselves at that spot, obviously, I mean, Kenny Omega is maybe the, you know, possibly literally the best in the world, you know, like, and, and I don't see that. I just think, is it, is it going to be that they're going to come out and cut promos talking about things coming up where now, all right, well, you've already wrestled tonight and now you're coming out talking about other things for other things where you're pulling time away from other guys who could actually be out wrestling. That's my fear. I don't think they're not going to know what they're doing. I just don't want it to be where they're pulling time because they have to, they're on TV to, you know, Hey, we're going to come out here and talk about what the business is doing. Now we're going to come out here and wrestle. (laughs) And now we're going to come out and we've been on TV for 35 minutes out of the, or 45 minutes out of the two hours we're allotted. So now, you know, Hey, the rest of these guys have like, you know, an hour really to go, including commercials, you know, and, so that that's my fears. I just don't want it to get, they get pigeonholed in that whole situation. Shane's thing. Listen, I don't mind him being on TV. It is just an over abundance of it's it. It's overkill. Oh, yes. it's overkill. Absolutely. And Steve Austin, not for nothing, did get stale when he healed. You know, when he was hurt and he had to kind yeah, of heal. Yeah, he turn. did. Right. That got stale. Yeah. I didn't want to see. Like, uh, first of all, why is Steve Austin running away from people? This would never happen. Second of all, he is just all right. We get it. You're gonna, you know, you're gonna sing Kumbaya. I love that it. it's funny, but. Can I just can bring me to you? Know, I we love Steve Austin when he's healthy enough to wrestle, bring him back out. But I don't need to see him if he's just going to sit backstage and talk to Kurt Angle. You know, like it became. But I was going to say, I think even if people loved that, and I actually probably heard more than the people that did, the argument is always: look, watch the ratings. <laughs> Go look at the ratings when WWE did that. They tanked because by and large, nobody wanted to see it. Nobody wanted to see Steve Austin that way. No matter what you thought of it, and you're allowed to hate it, you're allowed to like it, whatever. They didn't want to see it. They just didn't. And the proof is right there in statistics. And obviously talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin in how many days? Four days as we're recording this. We'll go live on Friday. So basically after the weekend, we are getting the Raw Reunion show. Stone Cold Steve Austin is on it. Hulk Hogan is on it. You think that would be enough? But no, we're getting 35 other wrestlers as well. They better have a big plan for this because you are going to pop a rating. And if you don't do something to keep whoever comes back attention so that when those stars aren't on it in seven days, this is a massive waste of time. There is no point having a great rating one week and going back to the uh, you know the status quo the week after that doesn't help anybody or at least it doesn't in my world like the, the whole point right now should be doing whatever we can to get people back invested and that the, i can think the only reason you want to have all these people on your show is because if you want to see Austin is there if you want to see Hogan is there Sean Walton Kevin Nash Scott Hall Shawn Michaels Booker T whoever but at least one of them i mean i think you got to do something with Kevin Owens and Steve Austin i mean as a as a pairing i think oh, you've yeah. got to do that and I think whoever, whichever wrestler, not Kurt Angle, we've seen it, but whatever wrestler, wrestler is healthy enough to take a move, a big heel, I mean, I'd go for Drew McIntyre, but whoever, I don't care. A big heel has to take them out. In fact, Raw should probably end. I mean, if someone said Miller picked two people, I'd say Drew McIntyre takes out Hulk Hogan because then you've established Drew McIntyre is one of the biggest I was going to go Bray takes out Hulk Hogan. Lights go dark. That was my other one. Yeah. <laughs> But if you do that, man, A, you're going to send shockwaves through the internet, which always helps in 2019, the Young Bucks, the masters of that. But also, you're really going to have to do a shit job after that to not make, to, you know, to make Bray Wyatt feel like a, a not a cool wrestler. Because he bloody attacked Hulk Hogan. Regardless what you think about Hulk Hogan, he's always going to be Hulk Hogan. He attacked Hulk Hogan with that mask and left him laying. And I know there's egos in wrestling. Check them. Check them. Let's use this to really elevate someone. And I think if you pick the right guy, it's got to be somebody it big. The... It, it can't be like Kevin Nash. It, it, it can't. It, I mean, they're, they're, 
you need to have like almost an icon. Like if it was like The Rock was out there or Steve Austin or Hulk Hogan, you need to have somebody who was the company at one point. And to oh, show yeah. that, I mean, I wouldn't, it's, it's got, to me, it would have to be Hogan just because he was the, he was, he was Hulk Hogan, you know, and, and plus I'm fairly confident at this point, a lot of people really wouldn't mind seeing Hulk Hogan get beat up. So, you know, like he was, but he was Hulk Hogan. You can't take that away. Like when I was at WrestleMania and I saw him come out for all the crap and all the thing that he's gone through and that, you know, I have never seen Hulk Hogan in, like live in a sense. So that's the closest I get to seeing him in person. I popped. Who doesn't? You know, like, mm. so to yeah, me, I get he's, it. I get he's it. still Hulk Hogan. So he'll, if he'll be out there in his yellow and red and the lights go out, some real Americans playing and all of a sudden the music stops and Bray takes him out. And that's how Raw closes. You've made Bray the biggest thing. You've pushed him. So now you got to maintain pushing him. And you, you, you've you done it. But, yeah, I'm a little nervous, though, because now you're giving 35 guys all this TV time, which, again, taking away from chance, you know, from these people who should be wrestling. But I get you want to make your – you have to have one of these shows every so often. But you need to do something because you got to maintain. So it's got to be somebody who's going to be gone. Obviously – Hogan's not going to come back. These guys aren't going to come back unless they have one of these old timers who's making it's his weird. I'm coming back return again, you know, for a little while. But you got to have it where you give Bray because I, I Drew McIntyre is great, and I and I love how he works. And I but I really feel like he need they need to just establish him in one direction, which they haven't done. Um, I think Bray bringing what you just brought, the bringing in that would be your Undertaker moment. That would be the lights go dark. And it's it's and I would think it would have to be even like The Rock. The Rock is still too. He's The Rock. He's too famous. Like at this point, like it just uh, Steve Austin. I'd rather do like exactly what you said. Put him with Kevin Owens. Let him just stun the entire place for five minutes. You would make everybody happy. Have Hulk Hogan close the show. Have Bray come out. The lights go out and take out Hulk Hogan. And you just close. You don't even say anything. You do what they used yep. to do. Yep. And you just go to dark. And that's the show. And now yep. I want to watch next week. Now, you know, like, that's it. Because it's a guy who I know is going to be on him. What are we going to do with him? That's I. That would be amazing. Do you know what I do next week as well? I wouldn't put Bray Wyatt on the show. Genuinely. No. That's, why, that's what I do. And, and just leave the questions. Talk about him. And air that clip. And have everybody else mention it. But he doesn't turn up. And you're like, well, yeah. where the hell has he gone then? And I think that would be absolutely him. wonderful. They can even do that going forward. You can turn the lights out and going forward and have nothing happen because it's the fact yeah. that it could. You know, it's, exactly, it's almost exactly like how Sting was, you know. Oh, man, they should, honestly, they should just go to the Sting. Just just, just use that playbook. Talking about WCW, yeah. yeah, just do that. I mean, it worked perfectly. Go to Sting. I, I think the reason the Rock and Stone Cold don't work as well is that, let's say Bray White does it on them, you want to see a match. That's the issue. Then you want yeah. to see Stone Gold, but it's never going to happen. Whereas no one actually believed that Hulk Hogan is going to come back to fight Bray Wyatt. Like it just seems so, you know, so ludicrous that nobody will actually want that. Exactly. Um, That's like the Batista so, Ric Flair thing. You knew Ric Flair wasn't going to wrestle Batista. Exactly. So, yeah, it, but, it, but it built up. Yeah. And I mean, the problem we have with all of this is that it, I would imagine, I'm just speculating, Hulk Hogan's ego is too big to ever allow this to happen. But who knows, right? Who knows? And the, the interesting is you drop Kevin Nash's name. He's probably the one that wouldn't do it the most. <laughs> we, all know how Kevin, we all know how Kevin Nash sees himself. My word. One day I'll tell my Kevin Nash story 
And I don't think I'm allowed to tell it yet, but one day I'll tell it and uh, <laughs> people will be like, yep, that sounds like Kevin Nash. I'll be like, doesn't it just, not doesn't shot. it just? <laughs> no, exactly. Kevin Nash does not understand the modern world. Uh, and on that note, Tim, somehow we've smashed through an hour. I don't know how the hell we did that. That just flew by. Um, but that was, a, that was just a very, very interesting and good conversation, my friend. So I appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. It was awesome. That was good. Is there anything else you want to throw out there or pimp out? You don't have to, but I like to give people the no, opportunity. I can, I can throw out, you know, Hicks89 on Twitter, H-I-C-K-S-89 on Twitter. Um, that's really it. There you go. Well, there's the man. If he has said anything you don't like or you want to agree yeah, with, that is me. where you can go yell at him. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but in the meantime, I want to thank everyone for listening. If you want to come on the podcast, you can. Patreon.com forward slash Simon Miller 316. I got wrestling merch, SimonMiller.BigCartel.com. I will use this to, to mention I am a professional wrestler. I had some guy send me a tweet this week going, mate, mate, like you clearly lift weights. Why the hell aren't you a wrestler? And I was like, I am a wrestler. <laughs> it's just like, I thought, I thought I'd done a good job in advertising that. Maybe I haven't. So I am a wrestler. And again, you can get all updates on my Twitter, like I say. Uh, big, and SimonMiller.BigCartel.com. I sell wrestling merchandise because that's what wrestlers do. And I like to try and, you know, li- li- live the lifestyle. Other than that, hit up my YouTube channel, YouTube.com forward slash The Middle Report Rules. By the time you've heard this, I probably got through 70,000 subscribers, which given that I do not treat my YouTube channel like how you're meant to, like there are rules and I ignore all the rules. I just want to thank everybody who joins me and, and has supported that endeavor my word and of course over on what culture wrestling you can get ups and downs you get wise lists all those kind of stuff but in the meantime enjoy your weekend and yeah the next time we'll chat we'll see what raw has done with their reunion show and hopefully we have a really cool bray wyatt story to uh, to tell or we'll just be really disappointed either is good i will speak to you then